Aloha, and welcome to the podcast, Throwing Up Rainbows. Good girl, dirty secret. I invite you to get lost in story. You are welcome here with my dirty little secrets. You're welcome here exactly as you are, and all your brilliant, beautiful fucked upness, as you shine and as you crawl towards the light. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how eating disorders are not just a phase and answer the controversial question, doesn't everyone have some sort of eating disorder? Let's dive in. Eating disorders are complex little monsters. They dig their claws in for different reasons, and they're not a phase. They're life-threatening illnesses that destroy health and relationships. Every 62 minutes, someone dies because of an eating disorder. This means that every month, approximately 672 people will die from an eating disorder. These are friends, family members, loved ones, and even the stranger in line at the coffee shop. According to the National Eating Disorder Association, in the U.S. alone, 20 million women and 10 million men suffer from a clinically significant eating disorder at some time in their life. Let's take this metaphor. New York City has roughly 8.5 million people, and the entire state has 19.8 million. If we moved all the eating disordered people to New York City, it would mean that the 20 million women make up the entire population of the state of New York. And on a different day, the 10 million eating disordered men make up the population of New York City. The eating disorders these men and women suffer with, I've mentioned in episode five. They include anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, or EDNOS, nonspecific eating disorders. There are severe health consequences to abusing our bodies, and nearly every person I've met with an eating disordered past has some physical element that they're still dealing with. I have a friend who's scarred her esophagus from throwing up. Someone whose child was born with health complications she secretly blames herself for due to her dieting and purging while pregnant. Others have kidney problems, heart problems, drastic aging, brittle hair, or stomach issues. The physical complications are especially why medical professionals are needed and recommended for recovery. The emotional whirlwind of recovery is why I advocate seeing a professional licensed therapist with a specialty in eating disorders. Living in LA and being in the acting community, I've seen my fair share of women with strange eating patterns. A significant number of women I've met, and a handful of men as well, have raised my eating disordered radar enough to warrant a mental note. What I've discovered is that many of us have disordered eating, but not necessarily a full-blown eating disorder. Does the person who weighs themselves every morning and night have an eating disorder? Does the woman who doesn't eat dessert the night before a yoga photo shoot have an eating disorder? What about the people who don't eat dessert or think it's sinful eating it? or who will exercise a little more later just to burn it off? How about the latest new eating trend or exploration? What about the plethora of dietary restrictions or ways of eating? 
including vegetarian, vegan, lacto-vegetarian, lacto-ovo-vegetarian, flexitarian, plant-based, pescatarian, Mediterranean, paleo, juicing, macrobiotic, organic, raw, to name a few. The problem is that there are so many strange nuances to food. Food is sustenance for our bodies and minds, but it's also pleasure. I mean, who doesn't love a delicious meal or a succulent dessert? There's a reason desserts are synonymous with the word sinful, or that one of the seven deadly sins is gluttony. The reason is that anything good can be thrown out of balance, and too much of a good thing can be hell. But there are still a lot of people living in limbo hell, where they're mean to their bodies or do weird things with food or exercise. These people are what I think of as having disordered patterns, but they're functioning in their lives with the dysfunction. There's a fine line between disordered eating and slipping off the edge into an eating disorder. As I stated on an earlier podcast, the number one denominator to developing an eating disorder is starting a diet. And lots of people like to walk right along the cliff's edge. An actual eating disorder has to fit medical criteria in the DSM. Aside from symptoms and clinical dysfunction, disorders cause severe interference in three main arenas, school or work, personal life, and relationships. Years ago, when I first met a woman who would today be one of my best friends, I watched her for a solid month because I was concerned that she had an eating disorder. She was tall and thin, training to be a marathon runner, and a raw foodist. She told me that she'd cry in her room about not being able to eat a slice of pizza or some other non-raw food, but she had the goal at that time of becoming the first and fastest raw food sprinter. Although crying in your room about not being able to eat a pizza is hardly normal, the more I got to know her, I realized that she didn't have an eating disorder, but she did have patterns of disordered eating, even when she transitioned out of raw food. There are many things that can disrupt our intake of food, like the breaks we're allowed to take at our jobs or work, the kinds of work we do, our levels of stress and anxiety, and the people we surround ourselves with. The bottom line is that no, We don't all have clinical eating disorders, but there are a lot of people out there who have disordered eating. Here's what I want everyone to hear. If it's a problem to you, then it's a problem. Just because you're not starving yourself, binging, or throwing up, you can still seek out support for any eating patterns that are disrupting your life or your emotions. Find a safe friend to confide in, seek out a support group, or find a licensed therapist to talk through what's happening in your life in relation to food, your body, and your emotions. Disordered eating and eating disorders can be painful. They can both deal with body shame and unhealthy patterns around food and emotions. The only criteria that you need for getting support is wanting support and seeking it out. If you have patterns around food, your body, or exercise that are affecting your life, or even a fraction of your peace, then get support. It's such a different world when we can move through it liking, appreciating, and loving these bodies that are our homes, eating foods that nourish us, and moving our bodies because we choose to.
I'm Zizo Colante, and this is Throwing Up Rainbows. This wraps up season one. Stay tuned next time for the first episode of season two, where we'll talk about how society and the media view and judge our bodies. Till then. This episode was written and produced by me, Zizo Colante, with audio production and scoring by Carlos Sepulveda. 